<laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Okay. Thank you. Directly into your nose as well. You're listening to Our Child. With Dave and Teddy. Woe there indeed. I am Dave. Uh, no, you're not. You're Teddy and I'm Tom. Dave's not here. He's, he's away. So what happened is last year, or rather just before last year, is that he did what some students do and, and graduated. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening for either of us. No, not really. Especially given the current climate, you know, the atmosphere and all that. So, what, But Dave has rather selfishly decided to leave the city having finished his degree. What um, a dick. What, a, what an absolute dick. And, and as such, I've had to requisition alternative losers. Yeah, that's me. He's got glasses. He's a lot shorter than David, although he's rocking arguably better facial hair. Although I've not seen Dave since, since he departed. But things have changed. Um, as you can tell, this is a pre-recorded session, a pre-recorded radio session. And there's a really good reason for that. I don't think I need to share this with you guys, but obviously there's you know the leak in the, in the Fresh Air studio. That means that we can't record in there. And they've seen it fit that we record in our own home studios, which we all have, thanks to USA Money. Thank you, USA. And we send it in and it may not be current. Things may happen in the next, I don't know, five days. We, we are recording on the afternoon of the 30th of September, 2020. Right, so that will date us quite badly if you listen in the future. Although that's the same with anything. If you listen to something written in the past, it's always going to be dated. So, Tom, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing all right, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, living life. Living the high life and the low life, if you don't mind me asking. It wasn't a question. So, first of all, we've got our first sponsor of this season. And this is the fourth season of Our Child. Um, it is uh, the fourth time. It's the fourth episode of the trilogy. And so we decided to hit it off with a bang. Now, we didn't get... Obviously, we're all in quarantine because of the environment. So what we're going to do instead is... Instead of play a sponsor, we have been sponsored, but this is sponsored to tell a message, right? So slightly different. We're not selling you anything. We're showing you the world's love. I think that's the, the most polite way of saying it. So here we go. This is a quarantine message given to us, gifted to us from our old friends... At the EU. You may have noticed that life as happened before is not as same as happening now. But it is our, our job as humankind to uh, group together, find, persevere, and make difference in the world. Positive things happen in six months. More gorilla than before. Baseball? No audience? You get to hear the players make naughty words. Bad fume from broom broom vehicle? Not in skies much more anymore. Tree eat all up? Fresh environment. But when we get back in civilized life, don't forget hardship of prior six months. So future is nice and fresh. Uh, and uh, Plum Duff. Thanks, Sven, from the United Europe. The United... I was just going to ask where Sven was from. I don't... Was a, so, uh, they, I think he's he's from the north. The of, north. Of, of Europe, not of, Europe. not of England, you cheeky little buggers. Always big, big congratulations to anyone who can who can deliver a speech in their second or third, in his case, language, because he's pro- you know, he probably learnt the bordering Scandinavian uh, languages. But... 
what I do find slightly strange is that they've prioritised some of the bigger, more elaborate words of the English language and sort of glossed over the fundamentals of grammar, sentence structure, emphasis and, and sense. Yeah, that's a good point, mate. Uh, so, but other than that, I mean, great message. I mean, we're all quarantining because of the environment. We all know that. We're not going to beat around the bush. The bush that's now on fire, thanks to, you know, California fires, all right? It's a lot of fires, but not so much in Scotland. Fewer fires in Scotland, I think it is fair to say. Uh, there's some rubbish fires. If you get, if you're down in your luck, a um, bit of discarded detritus goes up like a storm when you add a few gallons of petrol to it. But that's enough of satire, I think, for today. I think <laughs> I think we'll be playing our first song. Uh, See satire. Uh, this is a song performed by a lovely band. These, this band is called Deftones. This is from their new album. It's called Ohms, which is quite apt because uh, I guess Tom, you're a science te- science uh, man. Well, debatably, yeah. Okay, so we'll be playing the lead track from Ohms by Deftones. This is Ohms on freshair.org.uk. <laughs> Yeah. 
freshair.org.uk. Well, that was Oms by Deftones from the album Oms. It's one of the lighter songs from the album, but we thought we're going to ease you in softly, gently, catchy ape. What's that? Oh, hang on, I'm just checking my new Apple iWatch and it says it's time for plinky plonky dinky donkey weird weird, weird news. news. Oh, here we go. I was so good at that. Uh, right, well, I've got a fun story for you here, Teddy. Go on. Which I saw on the BBC recently. It's a uh, reputable source. And we have, when, when we've covered weird news in the past, we do like to have quite a nice cast of wide net. We have got your Daily Mirror, but we've got a bit of the mail yeah. just to see what the other life is like. It's good to get some journalistic integrity in your weird news. There you go. Well, this is uh, a student in Limerick mm-hmm. uh, has managed to trick an internet scammer into giving him money. Now... This is all. This has happened across the globe for since time immemorial. But the internet obviously has helped with internet scamming. I would say it's a pretty critical part of it. I think. Yeah. This guy's um, in some sort of. Is from poet poem land? What? He's from Ireland. Oh, the city of Limerick. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a oh. Um, essentially, what it seems he's done. Well, sorry, what? Is he's pulled an Uno reverse card on the scammer. Oh, right. And he said, the scammer's asked him for a load of, he said he's going to send him a load of money mm-hmm. if, he, uh, if he sends him a bit first in classic scam style. That is good. So what the bloke's done instead is claimed to send the scammer £50,000. Right. But, oh no, the bank stopped it. So all, if, he, if the scammer wants this money, the bank, he's going to have to give the student some money to show that the bank isn't, so the bank, it isn't a fraudulent transaction. So the scammer gave him 25 quid. That's quite a lot of money. When you think about the markdown from fifty grand, though, it's it's quite it's quite significant. We're not gonna. I mean, it is. It's less than fifty a, grand, but then he donated it to charity, and it's all it's twenty five pounds to charity. I mean, that's a lot of mosquito nets. Um, five, I think. That's five mosquito nets. Uh, if Lenny Henry's figures are, are accurate, and we, we have no reason to doubt Lenny Henry. I've always said it. We've always we've always been a big fan of Lenny Henry, even when his comedy has been. Awful. Right, well, we've got... Hang on. It's time for a new segment. And by new segment, I mean a segment that we, we did last time you were on. So not, not the newest, but it's fairly new because you've only done it once. Yeah. This is, of course... And now, Poetry Corner with Thomas Now, we know last time you, you brought with you the best poem ever written by... Right, the- I should say, I'm not consulted on these segments, so... It's not my. Fault. I just hit. I just foreheaded the microphone <laughs> just in anger. Whacked it really hard. And basically, he, you, so last time he brought me uh, "Once Wrong and Always Always Up" by Rice Williams, which is the best poem ever made. And I will not. I will not hesitate to smite you down if you disagree. Yep. I've done it before. I'll do it again. But we can just cut that out. But then we've got the worst poem ever written by perhaps the worst poet ever. Shot out of a woman. Yes, William McGonagall is his name, apparently. No, no relation to that um, the wizard lady. And he, uh, according to uh, a book that I read... A big encyclopedia. Yeah. The big, biggest encyclopedia you can I find. I do lots of research for this. He's been lampooned as the worst poet in British history. <laughs> apparently the chief criticisms are that he was deaf to poetic metaphor. <laughs> Don't you hate it when you're deaf to poetic metaphor? It's quite disarming and as a poet. It's like... It's a, it's, it'd be equivalent as being disarmed, literally, as a boxer. Like you, you can't well, fight. You get your arms punched off. Absolutely. It's happened before. Apparently he's also unable to scan correctly, <laughs> but I don't know what that means. Uh, his only apparent understanding of poetry was his belief that it needed to rhyme. 
I'm feeling a real sense of kinship with Mr. McGonagall here. Uh, for all you for all you neeks who don't know what scansion is, it's a syst- or the system of scansion. It's the method of determining, usually graphic representing the metrical pattern of line or verses. So in classical in classical poetry, these patterns are quantitative based on the different lengths of each syllable. So he doesn't care about length, and so you know, lots of you know people are quite happy with that about that. Yeah. So are we gonna, <laughs> are we gonna are we gonna have well a we, little live reading of his are, worst poem, and it's gonna be re- read by you. And I think you're I think you're pretty you're pretty well equipped for this. Your last poetry reading was so good. I wonder what you'll bring to it because it is the worst poem ever ever written. I've only had a, I only got, I got through the the first uh, stanza at the end of the first stanza, and okay. then I had to staple my eyelids to my. What? How anus. many how many stanzas am I gonna read? So as not to make our listeners do I the reckon same. if you do it, I, 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 here's the big conundrum, and we haven't discussed this because I wanted to make it as spontaneous as possible for you. Are you going to do it in a Scots accent? Absolutely, categorically not. Right, so so I have to say, you, listeners, you'll be hearing through an ear lens, this is not how it was meant to be read out. It's meant to be read out in Scots, which is not English, it's a different language entirely, but we will be doing it in Received pronunciation English. And by we, I mean, that's the royal we, which means my friend Tom. Me. Right. Here you go, Tom. Okay. You've got the entire microphone and I'm going to make sure that... That's so exciting. That will really change the sound. Yeah. Um, uh, So do just stop me when you've had enough of this poem, because I've already had enough of it. Okay, here we go. Are you ready, listeners? Yes. This is pre-recorded. Okay. (laughs) Beautiful railway bridge of the Silvery Tay. Alas, I am very sorry to say that 90 lives have been taken away on the last Sabbath day of 1879, which will be remembered for a very long time. Twas about seven o'clock at night, and the wind it blew with all its might, and the rain came pouring down, and the dark clouds seemed to frown, and the demon of the air seemed to say, I'll blow down the Bridge of Tay. Okay, hang on. That stanza was... That was a set, that was a whole sentence, right? It was quite tricky to get the timing right. There's four ands, which is always a good sign. And add another one. Nice. Introduced a central antagonistic character, which is the demon of the air, which you all remember from British mythology. Let's continue with the third stanza. This is so cultured. You've actually just scrolled past the start of the third stanza there. So that's going to be quite difficult to read. There we go. There you go. Okay. When the train left Edinburgh, the passengers' hearts were light and felt no sorrow, but Boreas blew a terrific gale, which made their hearts for to quail. (laughs) Bloody hell. And many of the passengers with fear did say, I hope God will send us safe across the bridge of Tay. Just add more syllables, why not? But when the train came near to Warmit Bay, Boreas he did loud and angry bray. That's not bad. And shook the central girders of the Bridge of Tay on the last Sabbath day of 1879. (laughs) Which will be remembered for a very long time. Nothing to say about that. Okay. Are you doing the poetry analysis here? I didn't didn't realise that was your... uh... It analyses itself. That's the best thing about it. That's true. It's very bad. It's really, Uh, really great. There we go. So the train sped on with all its might, and Bonnie Dundee soon hove in sight, Mm -hmm. and the passengers' hearts felt light, thinking they would enjoy themselves on the new year. With (laughs) friends at home they loved most dear, and wished them all a happy new year. I love that. 
because year and year run really well. They do. They've year, year twice. So the train moved slowly along the Bridge of Tay until it was about midway. Then the <laughs> central girders with a crash gave way, and down went the train and passengers into the Tay. The storm fiend did loudly bray because 90 lives had been taken away on the last Sabbath day of 1879. Uh, a quick clerical error here. Only 75 people died on the Tay Bridge disaster. Is so that true? That is actually true. Well, it's not just cultural. It's also historical and factual information you're getting here well the last thing he could have done i mean he didn't have the benefits of google or bing or uh, or, or or talent writing or poetry ta- that's true enough is that have we had enough of- we've so nearly the, near the end i just want to say that he could at least get the the historical information correct if he's basing it after a historical event sure well as soon as the catastrophe came to be known <laughs> the alarm from mouth to mouth was blown and cry rang out oh all uh, and cry and the cry rang out all o'er uh, the town good heavens the tay bridge is blown down <clears throat> and a passenger train from edinburgh which filled all the people's hearts with sorrow what huh? and made them for to turn pale because none of the passengers were saved to tell the tale. There you go. How the disaster happened on the last Sabbath day of 1879, which will be remembered for a very long time. That's true enough. Nothing rhymes with Edinburgh there. That's, it's, ah, anyway, it must have been an awful sight to witness in the dusky moonlight while the storm fiend did laugh and angry did bray along the railway bridge of the Silvery Tay. Oh, ill-fated bridge of the Silvery Tay, I must now conclude my lay by telling the world <laughs> fearlessly without the least dismay that your central girders would not have given way, at least many sensible men do say, had they been supported on each side with buttresses. <laughs> At least many sensible men confesses, for the stronger we our houses do build, the less chance we have of being killed. Good Lord. Motto, well, obviously it's, it's a travesty. It's, it's, a, it's a donkey dick of a poem. I've always said that. You have. But it's got a good moral. The thing is, it's got a good moral. To You've the got to support things with buttresses. That's what this poem's saying. Buttresses. And if we're all stronger, if our houses are built better... We, we won't, won't die killed. as much. Apparently, nothing rhymes with Edinburgh, according That's to this enough. poet. Well, he... We're not experts in in the Scots uh, language, no, it, and we it is a language. Do you live in Edinburgh? That's true enough. I'm, I'm not sure I could find many Scottish people who think buttresses and confesses rhyme. So the one strength he has got is that he's he he can rhyme, and that is for poets, for rappers. I guess that's it, and songwriters. I guess rhyming is pretty useful, but he he can't he he fails in that department as well. Yeah. Out of 11 Seamus Heaney's. Right. What would you give that? Because this guy is actually was born in Ireland. I would give that uh, zero. So it doesn't clarify as a poem by your definition. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty... I would say that most of it rhymed. That is what I would say about that poem. I mean, as a chemistry student, I know everything about poetry, therefore... That sounds rather nice. Yeah. Well, Marco disagrees. Oh. Marco, Pierre White, famous chef extraordinaire. Uh, he disagrees. Okay. Well, I'd give Marco that. Marco, I think Marco's decided that. Has, it has Marco got anything else to say, or is he just Marco? What do you think about that new Deftones album? It sounds rather nice. Ah, uh, Marco, what do you think about that 10 p.m. curfew? That means that we can't stay out because the environment's so bad. It sounds rather nice. So he's a bit of a yes man for, for the status quo. Does he have any concept of any other senses? I know it sounds nice. Does anything look nice? What? Come on, uh, Marco. Um, looking, look, seeing things. How does that sound to you? Sounds rather nice. There, oh, good. Got an answer for anything, this, this bastard. Before we go into the next song, and the next song is going to be a Theo Katzman. Not yeah. a Catman. We, we've already had the Catman film, which is a travesty, as we all remember. 
uh, yeah, catch the film. Oh yes, I'm going to show you basically. Well, obviously, I, I've been locked in my uh, in my room as per, but because of the quarantine, because of the bad pollution in the air, uh, I've been doing lots of voiceover work, and I was re- 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 recently asked to be the new voice of famous Italian food brand Dolmio. And obviously, That's very impressive. I've got I've got Italian ancestry, and I think that you know there's that. It's all everyone's talking about being Italian these days. Everyone's talking about being Italian. There's that, there's that film Nine where there's a song about being Italian. Uh, there's that new Cardi B song which is about Italians. And so now we've got. I decided that I was going to audition for Dormio, and I got it. I got it based on a reel. So I didn't record any material. I was just let my reel. I said, I, let me do it. And they said, yes, give us your best shot. So for my second audition, my second audition, I decided that it was, I hit them with the the tagline. Right. Because they hadn't changed it. They just changed the voice actor. He's gone off to star in that new uh, Sopranos film. <laughs> so my first take, they said, just give it to us raw, basically. So this is it. When's your Dormio day? Now, obviously, I was pretty proud of that. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I was expecting perhaps something more flashy. But it's, it's a good, like a solid... That would be good enough. We'll play it one more time. When's your Dolmio day? So obviously, I thought they'd love it. Yeah. I was expecting really good feedback. Mm. They said exactly what you said, funnily Did enough. They? I think you should be in this industry. Because they said, they said it's not, it's the warmth is there. And that's the thing they were looking for. But they wanted a tiny bit more flash and pizzazz, right? So then I gave them another take. You are known for your flash and pizzazz. Dolmio sauce in a jar and you it pastor it. I panicked. Not gonna lie, I panicked. Yeah, it was a. It came out, and I wasn't. I'm not proud of it, but I sent it off because I, I had, I had I was running out of time, and this is a. We're talking big money here, right? Yeah, that that was that was bad. That, that was, was dreadful. Really bad. I feel um, like if you were having some sort of neurological event, that's the sort of thing that you might. Well, I might I might have done, I might, but I still sent it off. Yeah. Um, what do you think their feedback to that was based on what they were looking for? An authentic Italian sort of man speaking. Um, why did you change the words? Weirdly, you weirdo. Uh, that was part of it, but also they were like, "Well, can you do an? Can you actually do an Italian accent?" And I'm like, oh I'm, no! I'm, I'm, I'm Italian, of course, I can do Italian accent. Oh. Um, so this is the and this is the third take I did. Uh, the pasta, make the sauce, and put it in the uh, dolmio. When the day is it coming? Well, I can't imagine they had any problem with that. Um, how do I put this? Uh, I didn't get an email back. Did you not? No, I didn't. Um, but they, they gave me some really good feedback. Was that feedback um, in the form of a lawsuit or perhaps uh, reporting actually, you to the police for a hate crime? No, no, no. It was, it was a uh, feedback given to my email. It says, oh, never mind. That's, a, that's my junk. That's my junk inbox. We won't look at that. Well, I think it's time to play a Theo Katzman song. What a good song. He's a song man. Which song is, is his song that you like to play? I think we were going to play As the Romans Do. Ah, uh, it's a funny song, isn't it? Because it's As the Romans did because they don't exist anymore what teddy's doing here is stalling because he hasn't actually got the song ready here we go this is a song it's called as the romans do it's by theo katzman on fresher.org.uk this is quality radio production here we go
vision with the bird's eye view Rode the F train just a second avenue Where the bathhouse was bumping the dubstep loser
Theo Katzman with As the Romans Do and a lovely bit of Not Coming In by the band Day Shell on freshair.org.uk. I'm Teddy. And I'm Tom. And you're listening to Our, Our Child. Child. I didn't even need to prep me. God, I'm so good at this. Tom, do you do me a favour? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> We've actually got a message from a long-suffering co-star, David. He's now been promoted to being on my sitting, literally sitting on my right hand, to being our, our, our boy on the ground, pulling up his him, his boots bootstraps on, and he's currently overseas. Get it across the across the Atlantic Ocean in America. He's currently in the state of Florida, in the city of Orlando, Florida. Oh, and he's sense of bad air there. Oh God, terrible atmosphere, terrible people wearing masks and trying to keep it contained in. Well, people not wearing masks. That's true enough. Uh, some sat- more satire from freshair.org.uk <laughs> behind me BBC. So here we've got a remote version. Now David will review a double-fingered It is indeed. I'm not bloody sure what Twixes are like in America. I can only imagine they're a lot more delicious. But nonetheless, Dave has given us a Twix review and I've not heard it. Uh, it came in September the 2nd, so, you know, only a few good, good few weeks ago. But here we go. Hello, listeners. David here, phoning in from Orlando Airport uh, here on a cheeky summer holiday. It's been lovely, very warm, sunny. Jesus, it's enormous, uh, Good energy, really. Um, sorry I'm unable to be with you. Uh, but that's, you know, that's the the current of life doesn't stop for anyone um, I'm a Burger King uh, in Orlando Airport and the reason I'm phoning in is because I've got a a pie made with Twix from Burger King I've not seen this in the UK I think this must be a uh, United States exclusive uh, dessert it's got a, on the left hand side of the box, contains left Twix, and on the right hand side of the box it says, made with right Twix. So there's a bit of both Twix fingers in there. Uh, it's open it on an inspection of the box, opening it. It's got a sort of caramel base, a sort of fairly thin chocolate um, bottom and uh, some nice crumbly moussey chocolate on top above uh, a sort of creamy white body. It's almost sort of a, a chocolate cheesecake. If, it, if somebody told me this was a Twix-flavoured cheesecake, I'd, I'd believe them. Um, so I'm going to have a bite here. It is quite cheesecakey. Um, yeah, it's rather nice. Reminds me somewhat of my um, my sister's uh, banoffee pie. It's the uh, banana toffee. You know, I suppose it's the toffee that's giving me that that feeling. They might well have just made a banoffee pie with Twix. It is really delicious. Wow. Um, if you're ever in the States, 
I recommend you check it out, Burger King. Pie made with Twix. And for those interested, I uh, ordered it alongside a large triple Whopper meal. Too much. That was too much. I gotta gotta say, I think the double burger is really the sweet spot. I think the triple was too much. But uh, what do I know? I'm just the Twix reviewer. Um, anyway, that's a uh, time for me to tune out. I hope you're uh, enjoying the show. And uh, Teddy is running uh, a tight ship. Uh, lots of love to you all. Goodbye. I wanna die. I wanna die. Well, that was a nice update from Dave across the pond. Yeah. He's now working. Three minutes, 20 of it. That's quite a long segment, but then again, he's not here for the rest of it. So, you know, if he's here for 5% of the show, I think that's, I think that's the least we can give him. He's, he's, he's played in blood. Very apt review. I mean, it's exactly the sort of thing I'd expect to find in America. I mean, they do not have cholesterol. It's not something they necessarily care about. Uh, or free healthcare. But that's enough satire from me. So much satire. Yeah, what do you think about that, Twix? What? Do you like a Twix? No, I don't like chocolate. Chocolate is rubbish. But I would I would just point out yeah. when you said it was from September 2nd a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, I can I can see the email here. Yeah. And it's September 2nd, 2019. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> which is... Oh, oh, dear. Right, well... I don't want to ruin the magic there. I was ruined somewhat the magic. I hope he's all right, because, you know... Is long, he still in Orlando Airport? It's a long bloody time. Back? Well, because of all the atmosphere, I think it might be left in kept in Florida. Well, he's, he's all right. Is Florida's good state? I don't think it Got is. Got Epcot. It's a terrible place. It's quite godforsaken land. <laughs> they speak very highly of you. I think it's now time for a bit of oh, name that tune. This song is a very good song. This is name that tune the remix. So we're rebranding. It's the remix. All right. The song is as follows. It is a famous singer songwriter. The music might be slightly different. The lyrics might be slightly different. They both might be slightly different. I think there's a high chance you'll get it. Kenneth Clark, Kenneth Clark, yo 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 So obviously we're pushing the boat out. The Kenneth very Clark. Kenneth, yeah. What now? I've got to ask. Yeah. Why Kenneth Clark? It's part of the magic in it. Has Kenneth Clark got anything to do with the song? He may or may not have anything to do with the song. Should we, should we? He's definitely got nothing to do with Parliament, all right? Because he's no longer in Teddy. There's just too no, much satire. <laughs> they can't. They're going to have to rename our child to our oh, satire. Our, yeah, our that's country. what I was going to say. Uh, uh, the state of our country. There you go. Too much satire. My phone has fallen out my pocket. Fell out my pocket. You probably even. could have edited that out. So dissect. I'm now. I am going to edit that out. So dissect. <laughs> yeah, <you> just, <laughs> dissect for me the different parts of that remix. Right. That or cover because it can be both. I don't think it's a cover. Well, there's the man, you, saying Kenneth Clark repeatedly. Yeah, and then, or yo, yo, yo. And, yoy, and then the yo, 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 obviously, which is a, a personal favourite of yours. Mm-hmm. And then in the background, it appears to personal have... Personal favourite of yours. Carry on. It appears <laughs> to have some, some Billy Joel lyrics. I felt like they're familiar to me. Should we listen to it one more time? I think we should listen to it one more time. Kenneth Clark, Kenneth Clark, yo, yo, Kenneth Clark, Kenneth Clark, yo, 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 yo. There's that high bit as well. There's the operatic singers, and there's also a nice bass rumble underneath. Kenneth Clark, Kenneth Clark, see what I mean? Yeah, I do see what you mean. Sets a nice ambulance. Ambulance. Yeah. Well, okay. So I think I do know what it is. I would say though that it has. Very little to do with the original song. Ah, oh, that's the aim of the game. It's name that tune. But that tune, I'm going to name that tune. That tune is Vienna. Yeah. By Billy Joel, 
with yeah. Kenneth Clark and some yois. See, before he joined Green Day, he was a very accomplished Jewish New York singer-songwriter. Speaking of singer-songwriters, it's time for Still in Love, the acoustic version by Third Story on freshair.org.uk. It's a beauty, this one. Summer night, drinking wine by the fire, catching up. Oh, no, 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 no. You're looking good. Wish I could tell you I was over us. But I get high every night when I'm all alone. Cause it helps me forget that I'm feeling alone. myself i don't care who you're with i'm losing my mind uh, oh i picture you making love to someone else tell me
worth of flow house, a horror than bottle with metal doors. Prince bitch, six cents with a nose drip. Mine's got dice, living bumps in the cockpit. Locksmith a hip hop, appraised with a wristwatch. The rocks bought the size of the team of Chris Rock's mouth. Suck out the mic, prototype for Adderall. You're worth killing beans, cause you cut it with fit now. So much coke, just a snap, need a ski lift. Flip your table over if you cut it with the bullshit. Nose bleed on red carpets, but it's just blend in. Slam a picture, feel like my chest being sunk in. Live a fast life, same mini die slow. Story followed by Ain't It Funny, Detroit represent Danny Brown. Big up on Fresh Air, the Audit UK. I'm Teddy. And I'm Tom. You're listening to Our Child. Child. Tom? Yes, Teddy. You know, I've, I asked you to prepare some talking points as my, as my newsreader. Yeah. What you got for me? Well, well, actually, Teddy, I, I thought about this question and I thought anything I can think of is... Just Alan Partridge. I, it's it's daytime radio. Alan Partridge. I could only think of that thing. So I thought, why so not? You, you sound like David Mitchell. <laughs> you sound like Richard Ayoade. You sound like um, Will from the Inbetweeners. You look like a baked bean sandwich. Thanks, bud. And you're talking points to Alan Partridge. Yep. Who is? Can we just clarify? He's not a real person. As a character written by Richard Herring. Actually, Richard Herring wrote the character. Well, originally. and um, no. He, only, he needed no, it as well. No, anyway, it doesn't no, matter. He only I'm performed important. it. He only performed it. getting in the way of my Richard, talking points Richard here. Richard Herrig and Stuart Lee wrote this character. You're getting in the way of my talking points, Ted. Carry on, Alan Partridge. But I thought I'd lean into the Alan Partridgeness of it. Mm-hmm. So the question I'm asking you today, listeners, yeah. although you cannot respond because you're seeing this in the future. Say you get a nasty case of COVID-19. And, and that is, to clarify, because I'm not sure any of you guys have heard of it, but COVID-19 is... A strain of the flu that has been just kicking up a whole bunch of a mess in Belgium of all places. So, but if you do happen to get it, and one of the symptoms are you get an enormous todger, 
problematic for some. And then other, other cases, you do lack your taste buds. Yeah, so one of the symptoms of COVID... Thanks for that, Ted. One of the symptoms of COVID-19 <laughs> is you lose the ability to taste. So my question to you, Teddy, and yeah. listeners, yeah. what would you eat if you got COVID and could no longer taste things? Well, can I just say I'm going to ignore the first answer that came to my head and go straight on to food. So, I mean, the, the thing is with this particular question, ignoring that, uh, <laughs> is uh, it's, all about, it's all about texture. So if you can't taste all those things that you, you don't like the taste of, but you think the texture would be good, or even if you do like the taste, but sometimes the taste gets too much, like cake, for example, you could eat essentially infinite cake and just enjoy that spongy texture if the you want. Is, so I, what's your thoughts? I don't have a, a particular sweet tooth when it comes to food. You like drinks sometimes, but even then that gets too much. I used to drink, let's just say I used to drink a, a wheat drink a strong weak drink with coca-cola you feel me so i think i mean that's what i've always called you teddy uh so what i'm going to think about is which sweet things didn't have to work flavor it's basically if i'm getting this right texture is basically the main thing yeah it's the only thing i would have a coffee and walnut cake my grandma avril used to make and i think she still does i don't like the combination of the walnuts and the coffee and the icing individually Delicious. Individually, fantastic. But you wouldn't want to have a mani-pedi and a roast chicken at the same time, even if separate, they're great. You know what I mean? I actually would, but that's besides the point. So I think the combination of the, of, of the slightly crunchy icing, because it's a tiny bit harder naturally than the cake, the cake itself, and the nice crispy, crunchy little walnut boys on the top. I think personally, something like that would be great. Now, from what I gather, you're, you're going for a slightly different angle to this. Well, I hate chocolate and always have and always will. So I think it would be fun just to explore various chocolate bars and chocolate things, textures. I mean, the, the Twix, for example, which is the arguably Twix. a biscuit. It's a biscuit and chocolate bar combined. Yeah. In holy, unholy matrimony, as some, some might say. The texture of that can, quite, can be quite nice. It also means that you can partake in the drinking of certain very strong vegetable-based drinks yes. that come in a very small glass of 25 Which milliliters. Which I'm also very bad at, and I would get very uh, reflective very quickly, I should think, if I had no ability to taste. Mind you, we should say that if you do have COVID, you should not be going out uh, partaking in these. If you're in Belgium and you're drinking, but you cannot taste anything, and your dong has grown exponentially over the last three months, you probably shouldn't have been drinking in the first place. But also, put that thing to some use. Anyway, uh, I believe, Ted, there's one particular segment that we haven't had yet, which I'm personally a huge fan of, obviously having listened to this radio show lots before. It is, of course, Who's the Hooligan? That is true enough. That is true enough. We're talking about Who's the Hooligan. We're looking at hooligans from across the globe. We start. We, we we normally go through hooligans who may not look like hooligans, who may not necessarily act like hooligans in public, but have outlandish views or do things in the privacy of their own home or their own property. Uh, this guy is, in and of himself, himself, in and of himself, in that, and of himself. I don't think you're speaking English there, mate. He alone is not a hooligan in his actions, in his career, in his life, really outside of what would be considered very private. However, it's quite plain also to the eye. This tattooed fella uh, says inking his eyeballs black cost him his kindergarten job. And you might think, well, that's kind of a weird first tattoo for someone to get. Like, surely you'd, you'd start where else first. You might think that. Um, 
you'd also think that if you hadn't seen a picture of him. Sylvan Helene, he loves being a school teacher, loves it. Also loves tattooing 90% of his body, I guess. I, a, a very conservative estimate. I would say you can see there is nothing, there's no skin you can see. I would say it's odd that the eyeballs specifically cost him his job, considering his entire bald head and face is covered in tattoos. He looks like something out of Pan's Labyrinth, especially in this picture we're looking at. Mm. This guy's a, he's a scary bloke, isn't he? He is a scary Jesus he, Christ. The caption of this photo is rather you, rather euphemistically, Mr. Helene is no longer teaching kindergarten pupils. Despite no longer being allowed to teach the younger age groups, Mr. Helene said he loved his career and would stick with it. I'm a primary school teacher, primarily. He didn't say that, but I thought it would be a nice little addition. I love my job. I'll put it out there. I'm not sure he is from the UK. He spent 460 hours well, under the needle. The, da- the Daily Mirror likes to refer to him as the Frenchman, so I think there's a nicer ways of putting that necessarily. But he's from Paris, and that's quite a forward-thinking city, I'd say. Full of knobs. Yeah, and I think that he should come over here. Send him over. We'd like to see some of him. Mr. Helene, known as Freaky Hoodie. Uh, ironically, doesn't wear a hoodie at all. He wants that all on show. Yeah, why would he? But he's a, unquestionably a hooligan. I mean, that's hooligan behaviour. He's a maniac. He is literally... He hasn't done anything bad to other people. He's, he's scary looking, but, you know... Plenty well, scary. Sorry, you, Ted. But... Yeah, and I've got a job on the radio. Is this a job? Are you getting paid for this? Am I not getting paid for this? So, yeah, none of the sponsors. The sponsor goes to Dave, me, and Fresh Air. Since Dave's not here and I'm not in the Fresh Air studio, I'm going on a dirty weekend to the Bahamas. Ah, lovely, lovely. Just me, baby. I could have brought you along, actually, but I thought, what's a dirty weekend with two friends compared to a dirty weekend on the one zone? Yeah. Do you want to come? No. <laughs> okay, so I think we've got time for one more song and then some closing statements from my friend Tom. Who... I'm getting closing statements, that's exciting. That's true enough. I think now it's time for a little bit of Norwegian punk rock. This is King Kong Justice from the band Honningbana. <laughs>
Justice. That was King Kong Justice by the Norwegian punk rock band Honningbana. Uh, it's a song obviously about capital punishment because we all know what happened to King Kong. We all know how he died. Well, I think I think technically, Teddy, it was uh, Twas Beauty that killed the beast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of our show. It's in the first episode of season four of Our Child. How exciting. Uh I just want to say thank you to my co-host Tom. You're probably going to come back to do more episodes of this season. Is that a threat? It's a promise. And actually, we're going to get Dave on as well. He can do a remote session because obviously he's away in, as far as I know, in the state of Florida in the United States of America. In the Orlando airport. We've also got a booking from the president of USOG, you and Bruce. And you've also got... a uh, president. Yeah, he's the pres. He's the good old pres. We've also got a guest from the from royalty of Bedlam, Footlights and USOG, Matthew Story. You will remember him as playing good old Billy Flynn in Chicago, which is the stunning five-star production of Chicago last year. And it's going to be chock full of music, banter, and a good time with friends. We're going to end with a song from Mastodon called Fallen Torches. But I think Fault for the Day, since obviously Fault for the Day has been cancelled by Radio 4 because of, of, of all of the, the crazy atmosphere stuff. So they had to like kick people, like all the... Um, Buddhists and Christians who give like nice thoughtful messages early in the morning but we don't have, we don't have those anymore no. so instead the mantle falls onto you me I give you a thought for the day yeah so just have a thought for the day this is going to be all time right okay um, I, I, gosh I think my thought for the day is preparation is important and when you get thoughts of the day dumped on you you know maybe you don't have an important thing to think but that's okay you don't have to think important things all the time you don't have to think important thoughts all the time. All the time. Sometimes you can just think. I think there's no better way to end the first episode of season four of Our Child with Fallen Torches by Mastodon, which is their new song. It's released on their new compilation album, Medium Rarities. You'll find all sorts of unreleased and remixed and live performances of their classic material. It'll blow your socks off. I don't mind telling you. Goodbye from me, Teddy. Me, Tom. You're listening to Our, Our Child, Child on freshair.org.uk. This is Fallen Torches by Mastodon. Three.